1: We are the ones who will never be
3: broken With our final
1: breath, we'll fight to the death We are soldiers, we are soldiers
2: coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Growing Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will be talking about the 2015 State of the Union Address. And tonight we've uh, aptly named the show Obama, Do What I Believe is Best for America. Of course, part of the conversation tonight will be Will the new Congress stop them? So, of course, join and listen uh, to us tonight uh, with our panelist, Cindy Todd. She'll be in uh, later on uh, this evening. Our constitutional scholar, Kelly Mordecai, and Dan Gray. And we'll be having them. And uh, when you call in, you stay on the line and join our round table discussion. Uh, so you can tell us what you think of the State of the Union address. And last night, Obama claimed that the shadow of crisis has passed. And he also stated things such as, job growth is the fastest pace since 1999. Employment is, unemployment is down, more insured than ever. And the freest from foreign, we have been the freest from foreign oil ever, uh, ever since the past 30 years. And uh, also, he's talking about the war if Afghanistan is over. We'll talk more about that especially when it comes possibility of ISIS uh, moving in much like they did in Iraq. Uh, I think that's a strong possibility. And of course, uh, with his state of the union, just a bunch of smoke and mirrors or the manipulation of numbers. And of course we'll uh, look for some uh, facts for those as well. And of course uh, we will also discuss what Obama believes is best for America. And we do have some audio clips from, Uh, The State of the Union that we'll uh, play tonight, I will shortly after my little uh, play here, uh, play a few, uh, start off the show. Uh, So his so-called middle-class economics, universal child care, free community college, increase in infrastructure, precision medical plans, combating climate change, and eradicating extreme poverty. And then, of course, he also talked about ending the embargo on Cuba. So we'll discuss all these tonight, listen to some audio clips with that in it, and we'll see how this and more of Obama's plan will contribute to his saying, Remaking of America. And that is how we will start tonight, uh, by actually an audio clip that comes from the end of the State of the Union address. And so what we'll do is we'll listen to that, and then we'll work ourselves from the beginning of the State of the Union, and then work us through it, start commentary on the different Aspects of it. But first, let's listen to this audio, which, as I said, is on the end of the Fit the Union. But I think it was uh, the best clip that I have to start the show this evening to kind of get the, the theme and the flavor of tonight's show going. So here it is.
1: agenda for the next two years is the same as the one I've had since the day I swore an oath on the steps of this camp To do what I believe is best for America. If you share the broad vision I outlined tonight, I ask you to join me in the work at hand. If you disagree with parts of it, I hope you'll at least work with me where you do agree. I commit to every Republican here tonight that I will not only seek out your ideas, I will seek to work with you to make this country stronger. Because because I want this chamber, I want this city, to reflect the truth that for all our blind spots and shortcomings, We are a people with the strength and generosity of spirit to bridge divides, to unite in common effort, to help our neighbors, whether down the street or on the other side of the world. I want our actions to tell every child in every neighborhood, your life matters. And we are committed to improving your life chances, as committed as we are to to working on behalf of our own kids. I want future generations to know that we are a people who see our differences as a great gift. That we're a people who value the dignity and worth of every citizen. Man and woman, young and old, black and white, Latino, Asian, immigrant, Native American, gay, straight, Americans with mental illness or physical disability. Everybody matters. I want, I want them to grow up in a country that shows the world what we still know to be true that we are still more than a collection of red states and blue states, And we are the United States of America. I want them to grow up in a country where a young mom can sit down and write a letter to her president with a story that sums up these past six years. It's amazing where you can bounce back from when you have to. We are a strong, tight-knit family who's made it through some very, very hard times. My fellow Americans, we, too, are a strong, tight-knit family. We, too, have made it through some hard times. Fifteen years into this new century, we have picked ourselves up, dusted ourselves off, and begun again the work of remaking America. We have laid a new foundation. A brighter future is ours to write. Let's begin this new chapter together. And let's start the work right now. Thank you. God bless you. God bless this country we love. Thank you.
2: Okay, folks, and, of course, uh, he said that ever since he ran the first time about remaking uh, America, I believe he even said fundamentally uh, changing America. And I do find it interesting, even after uh, the big defeat, him saying it's not a red or blue uh, America. I found that interesting. Uh, But let's get some more uh, comments here. First, uh, we'll bring in Dan. Thank you very much, Dan, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Um, exhausted as usual. Listen, you know, listening to that clip, I, I didn't watch the State of the Union last night, like so many other people. Uh, I watched it last year in 2014 and tried that drinking game, you know, the one where you you have a drink every time yeah, he uses that. the first person pronoun. You know, he he says uh, I, me, or my. You take a drink. Now, you know, Robert. I can drink almost anyone I know under the table, but last year, five minutes, I had to quit because I was going to get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> it was uh, it wasn't uh, fundamental change. It's fundamental transportation uh, transformation, uh, the remaking of America. That clip at the end that was pretty impressive. I could have written it. That that is that is the kind of stuff I believe in. But hats off to that empty chair. I mean, I may be an adequate public speaker, but I could never lie as convincingly as Obama. And it's like in 2008 when he said a lot of good things. He closed Guantanamo and uh, most transparent administration ever. He said that we were going to right. eliminate the deficit and pay down the debt. He said a lot of things. He still says a lot of things. But you know what? Luckily, last night was barely a blip. It, it, nobody is paying attention. Today there's a few stories. Tomorrow won't be anything. The The readership or viewership, I should say, dropped to its lowest level in 15 years. Since Clinton in 1999, his farewell swan song speech, nobody is watching it. In 2009, there were 52.5 million people watching the State of the Union. That was Obama's first. When we, we thought, well, not me, but some people thought, oh my God, hope and change, we're going to get something good here. He promises good things. And then in 2014, last year, 33 and a third million, um, a lot less tonight, Or last night, they didn't come up with the actual figures yet. But, you know, thinking about Clinton's speech in 99, um, so few people watched it back then. That's why nobody remembers his quote, party like it's 1999, and and that's what Clinton's been doing. Um, Listen, last (laughs) night, I, I did read the speech, but I got transcripts because I just really don't want to have to sit there all that time listening to that guy Say the stuff that he keeps saying, and then he does other. Imagine stuff.
2: trying to eat dinner while you're watching that. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, last night, was,
2: night. <laughs>
0: Well, last night was bad because you know my wife made a really beautiful dinner. She made homemade pizza, and then puts on chopped with Anthony Bourdain as the guest chef, and they're they're cooking goat heads for God's sakes. I thought I was in uh, you know um, ISIS t- town or something. Um, anyway. He wants to. Uh, in his speech, I looked at some of the points. He wanted to uh, wants to centralize the internet security for data breaches, which is really smart. If you if you have security, you really want to put all your eggs in one basket so that one attack could really wipe everything out. Wants to raise taxes <laughs> on small businesses. Sorry, that's fair share. Fair share. You know, you pay so somebody else can have it. Um, let's see. Well, he called for civility, and then he started taunting the Republicans, which I think is not very civil, but, uh, even my progressive friends admitted the ones who liked the speech that he was taunting right after he said civility, they, they know he's a liar too. He actually tied the record. He didn't set a record. I thought he did for veto threats. Uh, two, he threatened two vetoes and George Bush in 08 did that. And Clinton in 96, he did that. Um, then again, neither of them were really bright lights either. Uh, of course, they don't hold a candle, this guy. That speech that he read was written by the gang that won't shoot straight. It's not that they can't. Uh, the, he, he condemned constant fundraising, and then immediately yes, after the speech, sent out emails to all the Democratic supporters saying, well, did you see my speech? We, we need some money on a month. Come on, commit monthly. And he showcased a woman, Rebecca Erler is her name, so he was re- actually referring to her in that last clip. Uh, yeah, he who, didn't he even he didn't
2: even saying much about her guess.
0: Yeah, well he said that the she, her her rise from really, you know, terrible terrible circumstances. She allegedly wrote Obama a letter detailing her financial hardship and uh now she's she's on her feet and everything's going hunky dory. She, she's back in the game all because of his economic policies. But they didn't bother to mention that she's a former Democratic campaign operative for Senate Democrat Patty Murray. Uh, So I'm not sure I really think that that's an honest story. I like the way he used these images from popular culture. Uh, He said, imagine, imagine, imagine if we broke out of these tired old patterns. Imagine if we did something different. And then right after that, like I said, he emailed the Democrats for money. Oh, and, and the Spanish subtitles. I actually did watch part of the speech because I my Spanish, spoken Spanish, is pretty, pretty rusty. Same with my Russian and my French and some other languages. But I read it really well, and I can write it pretty good. And all I need is, you know, if I was to immerse myself, I'm sure I could get the spoken part back. I just don't use it. Uh, I won't use it in, in on my job. If they don't speak English, I, then they will get a translator for you. Um, but the Spanish subtitles were just wacky as crap. I mean, I, I, beyond, the, they were like randomly capitalized in lowercase. They repeated words over and over again. Uh, some of the translations were, were hilariously wrong, and they flew by so fast. Now, my, I can read it, but I don't read that fast. So they actually had to put it in like a slow-mo to be able to keep track of it, and the spelling and grammar errors, even, even somebody who's not a native Spanish speaker, it was just freaking hilarious. And there's a word. I think this should be the word. I, I don't think it's going to go uh, viral with a hashtag on Twitter, but it's K-O-O-N-T-D-L-E-S. Kootels. It, it sounds vaguely Dutch, but that's a word that was uh, somehow translated from his speech. And it does not actually exist in any language. I don't know, maybe it's the space aliens he's talking to. He lied. He <laughs> lied last night about being responsible. He insinuated that he was responsible, his policies, for the price drop in oil. But he stymied drilling on public land, stymied drilling offshore. He's still putting the kibosh on the Keystone Pipeline. It's The, the reason the oil prices have dropped is that the Saudis have accumulated trillions of dollars, and they're willing to undercut everybody and live off their their money for now in an effort to stall Iran's nuclear ambitions because Iran is no friend of Saudi Arabia. They're both Muslim, but one's Shia and one's Sunni, and they'll cut each other's heads off too. Plus, it would be a really good thing from Saudi Arabia's point of view if the prices drop enough that there's no money to be made in fracking here in this country. Right now... um, there's furious work going on with fact checkers. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good about fact checking, but I'm, I, I have to admit I'm not a diligent scholar the way some are. And, and I, I am so grateful that those people exist. Um, they, they help me a great deal. People I know and trust like, uh, Bob McNamara that we had, uh, or John McNamara we had on just last week, uh, people who look into the details and find those or, um, but Stewart, who we're going to have on soon, who is a, a financial expert who can look at rows and rows of numbers and find that one that means something. I that's not me, but I love those people. I looked into some fact checking organizational uh, publications and already already just today, one day after, they published more pages of factual analysis on the lies Told during last night's State of the Union speech than all of the pages of the Affordable Care Act combined. It would take the rest of 2015 to detail all we did. But meanwhile, there <laughs> were some other things being said from uh, some Democrats. Um, Biden, Biden, he was weighing in on the Patriots, which, by the way, you know that lawsuit against the Redskins? Uh, a lot of my friends call themselves Patriots. I think we ought to sue the Patriots and say they stole our name. Get that... Uh, from the NFL. But Biden oh, yeah,
2: said... Oh, yeah, especially since what, they're, what they did with the, what they call it Patriot Gate or something that's going on now.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Something about deflated balls. I, yeah, I know it's not Bard's logic <laughs> after dark, but I'm, we're it's talking football. <laughs> after and, and Biden said, and I quote, I like a softer ball. <clears throat> well, Well. Um, and Menendez, this is a Democratic senator from the uh, People's Republic of New Jersey, he was criticizing Obama today, and he said, let me find if I can find that quote here. He said, the more I hear the administration and its quotes, the more it sounds like talking points straight out of Tehran. That's Iran, folks. <laughs> That's a Democrat. Oh, and uh, well, last yeah. night it was interesting. The, uh, state, uh, the uh, Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg actually fell asleep during the speech because she's heard it before. (laughs) Oh,
2: wow, I missed that, I have to say. Yes? I do believe I think I've seen her nodding off.
0: Well, it's hard not to. I was very disappointed that the House members, at least some of them, and maybe a few of the senators, did not do what the New York City police had the guts to do with de Blasio, which is just stand up and turn their back on, on this guy. That would have said it all right there that's something that we used to do in this society and i'm not saying it was always right but one very powerful social tool is shunning the Amish still do it where if somebody has done something that's shameful that's wrong and they haven't repented they haven't tried to make amends they haven't they continue to do this you just don't talk to them you have nothing to do with them they're not a person to you you, you it's not like you wouldn't uh uh throw out a rope and uh, if they're drowning and pull him in but that's it you're not doing anything more for him in any case uh i do have a quick joke for you i think we've told this one before i'm not sure if we told it on the air but if if president obama and uh you know the rest of his gang will include not just pelosi and reed but why don't we include mcconnell and boehner too since really come on that's they're the same gang I mean, the new immigration law that uh, the Republicans are talking about actually does away with funding for a border fence. Yay! Um, but anyway, so if they were all out there on uh, 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 in a raft and the raft was sinking, what kind of sandwich would you have?
2: I, I, I want to say submarine, but I'm sure that's not the answer. <laughs>
0: Well, no, I mean, obviously, it's it's. Would you which one would you save? Well, I, I'm, you know, somebody told me tonight in reference to uh, our own Governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania. He's our new governor, sworn in just yesterday. Uh, he is in the mold of Obama. He is an Ed Rendell, uh, former secretary. He's a progressive, and the guy says, I coined a term, uh, one term Tom. Because Tom Corbett, who was a Republican, was the one of the only Republicans who was not swept into office. We kicked him out because he didn't keep his promises to the conservative base. So Wolf, that's Tom Wolf, he won. And uh, I wanted to remind him that he didn't win because everybody likes what he has to say. He won because nobody likes Tom Corbett who wouldn't keep his word, who promised to be a conservative and cut spending who promised to get rid of waste and abuse and fraud and uh, promised to do a lot of stuff that he didn't even try to do. So, I mean, he did some things. He was good on guns and he was good on, you know, pro-life. That's about it. And the rest of it is a wash. So I said uh, we could have one-term Toms. And a friend of mine who is a, a very nice and, and decent guy, uh, Joe Stearns here in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania, he's a political activist – and uh, a very devout fellow as well. And he said, you know, why don't we, we give this guy a chance and, and pray for him that he'll, you know, he'll be competent and he'll do a good job. And my response was that, yeah, well, look, I do, I do. I pray for these people. Um, I pray a lot. I pray for my friends. I, pay, I pray for my enemies, too. You know, it's not like I, I'm going to be discriminating against. Um, but at the same time, I, it's not specific. You see, I, I feel very odd, very guilty if I start ordering God around. So I just ask for the best possible outcomes. So I pray in general terms that people will, will see the light. I pray Obama does the right thing, that he gets some wisdom, that he turns over a new leaf, or gets hit by a bus. And it's <laughs> it's not that... Well, I'm not ordering God what to do, and I'm not asking God to do a bad thing, and I wouldn't do a bad thing, or, you know, but that's up to God. I want things to to work out better. If these people out there, people like Obama, or little Obamas like we've got in Tom Wolf or, or maybe in your township or borough, or, or in your job if you work for a large multinational corporation, there's a lot of those little little Hitlers around. Ooh, he said the Hitler word. Um people who like control, they like power, and they like to abuse other people. If they're hurting folks that I I care about, if they're hurting folks I don't even know, but just hurting people for no damn good reason who haven't done anything to them, I want them to stop. So while I'm praying, I'm also working to help the people who are being hurt, working to help my friends. And if that means educating the jerks, I'm happy to try. If it means trying to steer them in the right direction, absolutely. If it means driving a bus over them, I can live with that, too.
2: Well, and then we'll get back to uh, the clips that have uh, Kelly on the line. And so I'm going to play the next clip here. And this is uh, from the beginning of the uh, State of the Union. And, and so this is going to be all the accomplishments that uh, and you alluded to this earlier, uh, that he said that we've done, uh, presumably – under his
1: leadership but tonight we turn the page tonight after a breakthrough year for america our economy is growing and creating jobs at the fastest pace since 1999 Kids are graduating than ever before. More of our people are insured than ever before. And we are as free from the grip of foreign oil as we've been in almost 30 years. Tonight, for the first time since 9-11, our combat mission in Afghanistan is over. Six years ago, nearly 180,000 American troops served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Today, fewer than 15,000 remain. And we salute the courage and sacrifice of every man and woman in this 9-11 generation who has served to keep us (laughs) this <laughs> is work required to come back. For all the tasks that lie ahead, know this. The shadow of crisis has passed, and the State of the Union is strong.
2: Okay, and speaking of that, the shadow of crisis has passed, and the State of Union is strong. Uh, here are some statistics that I just found here. The uh, the median family income dropped nearly 4% to 51000 Nine hundred and thirty nine dollars in two thousand and thirteen from when Obama took office in two thousand and nine and that's according to census data and the jobless rate is in fact nearly half the ten percent peak it was in October two thousand sixty nine The size of the labor force has also continued to shrink through the Obama presidency Now that's some uh baby boomers' retirements and also uh get the folks who are just giving up. On uh, work or finding a, a job, you no.
0: know, or at least a better paying job. Bob, and the labor I, I force statistics. I, I have to just step in here. This is something, uh, real quickly, uh, no no bloviating, just in terms of sheer facts. I've 13 years with the unemployment office. I'm a claims examiner. I'm a recognized expert in the field. I'm one of the best, and it's no toting my horn. It's a lot of hard work cause the law books, I've got a shelf of law books, and I study this stuff. 93 million Americans. There are three hundred and fifteen million Americans. That's nearly one third. Ninety three working age Americans. That's between eighteen and sixty five. They have not retired. They are not sick. They are not they did not marry rich. These are working Americans who are not working. Many of them are discouraged. Many of them are not. They are not counted. The 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 voodoo that the American Home uh, Family Survey does for the Census Bureau and the, the other numbers that they use has always been complete BS. But it's worse now. The Labor Department is absolutely not just skewing numbers. They're out and out lying. What they're saying is not true. And the calls that I take when I take calls for unemployment, the claims that I deal with, do you know how many people don't qualify for unemployment benefits? But we're going to be taking a lot more of those unqualified claims because apparently one of the uh, provisions of the Affordable Care Act is that if you don't have an income, you have to apply for unemployment. That's the same thing welfare does. Welfare says before we pay you anything, let's see if you can get anything from unemployment, and if you can't, we'll factor that into what we have to offer you. So we're going to be getting lots and lots more people, and we're inundated for an unemployment rate that's supposedly at a low number, the amount of people applying, calling in, who don't count. If you don't have financial eligibility, you don't count, period. And that's just a fact. Back to you, Bob.
2: Go ahead. And then lastly, before I bring Kelly on here, is you know, just something that I've found real quick. It says the labor force participation rate is now 62.7%, the lowest level since 1978. And uh, it says wages are... Um, the hourly wage rose wage just $0.40 cents or 1.65% uh, to $24.57 an hour. So that's the hourly uh, average uh, rate. So... And as I said earlier, it's only forty forty cents. That uh, it's it's rose. Uh, but there's some numbers for you folks, but I do want to go ahead and uh bring Kelly in. Thank you very much, Kelly. Go ahead. <laughs> if I only
3: had a brain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Kelly to bring us some humor, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: so anyway, uh, yeah, that's a little wizard of thing there. So anyway, uh, yeah, you know, Obama is so caring. He has such a heart. He will give the shirt off of your back. <laughs>
2: um,
3: so, uh, yeah, Glenn Beck was even pointing out that uh, it was really a good speech. If you didn't know any better and you just kind of were looking for hope and you weren't educated in political matters, it'd be like, yeah, that was uh, really good. And Oh, by the way, what was all that static? Was that chattering? Was that was that static between his his talks? I don't understand that. Were you trying to tune well, in out? Well, no, that was
2: actually applause, <laughs> to be honest.
3: Oh, I see. Were did somebody hook up electric shockers to congressmen? <laughs> you know, or was there a applause meter? You know, like at the game show they have this uh, sign Good that says one. applause. You know, so. I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, maybe it's it's a sympathy clap in the sense that what, what's Congress down to now? Like fifteen percent approval rating, and so we're sympathizing with the president with the lowest ratings in like who knows how long. Um, yeah, a sympathy clap. Okay, that's that's what it was. Okay, so you know, misery loves company. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So the numbers, yeah, right. We got more people on on. Uh, uh, Affordable care now really is the real numbers are like two point six million. The rest are Medicare and state Medicare and blah blah blah. It's like, geez, I wish I could, I wish I could exaggerate uh, physics and engineering the way this guy does in the in, in the political realm. But you know, it's uh, well,
0: anyway. You know um, Joe Biden. Joe Biden does that. He did. Did you oh. see Joe Biden referring when he was talking about his deflated balls? He, he was referring to that lump in his sock.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like, <laughs> how do you, I mean, Obama probably even believed what he was telling people. No, he uh, doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he may have actually, through the process of giving his speech, come to actually believe what he was saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, it, it's, it's stunning. Telly, and of course
0: You can't believe it. He's never tried to actually walk on water.
3: Hmm, interesting. So the Boehner, Bonner, whatever you call him, he was sitting to the right of the but president I mean, next to Yeah. So um what was happening there was you know, I was wondering if he was uh he didn't stand up much. And he kinda sat down. There was like a whole bunch of uh it looked like a whole carafe of all sorts of different beverages, probably adult beverages. Um, in front of him, you know, maybe vodka was, uh, it was clear, so it had to be, like, maybe vodka or tequila or gin, you know, all clear. And uh, I suppose why he sat down is because he was wondering which foot he would stand on so he wouldn't fall over drunk. Um,
0: hey, he did but a good you know thing. You know, he
2: was. I mean, if you notice his face, he was beet red, so there may be some lifting in what you're saying Oh, yeah. i mean
0: uh, it's a, no, he did a good generous. thing. let's give boner a, a, a boner a Boehner. let's give him a a a plus he he pissed off obama by inviting Bibi netanyahu and i will tell you i tuned out i i don't like to watch bullshit but when Bibi comes on I, i'm yeah, okay. I'm a Jewish guy. That's not why I like Israel. I also like England. I like Australia. I've never been to Australia. I like free places with representative democracies, you know, I re- like French republics. Tone. The French, yeah, I've, they've been showing a little bit of backbone after, you know, after a lot of other stuff.
3: All right. You know, but, it, but, uh,
0: I will watch B.B. Yeah. Netanyahu's speech. That There is a leader, and we could use somebody who is more like him for America.
2: You know, one yeah. thing I, I noticed yeah. last night, because I watched oh, – real, real quick, Kelly. I watched CNN's uh, coverage of the you know, State of the Union last night. And one of the things I uh, found interesting is I didn't see uh, – Newt Gingrich wasn't there for any commentary. Huh. He wasn't, usually he's on for, for these types of things and does commentary, but I did not see him on last night. I, I found that interesting. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the, um, you know, they they showed Obama as he was walking in, you know, to Congress and, uh, you know, talking to people. And I suppose some of those people he didn't recognize, and I wonder if they were on his cabinet. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you were on my cabinet. I remember because we went golfing that one day. Um, you know, I just, I don't understand this, but I, I did. You guys want to hear some insider information?
0: Did I lose you? No. What, what, what are you okay. talking about?
3: Well, there's some insider information. See, Obama knows that he won't be king, I mean, president, very much longer. So, um, Obubu, I'm sorry, I mean Obama, that guy. All right. So, Obubu um, has been silently, clandestinely interviewing with Hollywood for movies. And they're going to remake him with him In a movie? Yeah. Oh, he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, you know, his agent a said, actor. "Dude, yeah, dude, you you got acting down, and no problem there. So you, yeah, you no problem getting it. oh high million dollar salary being an actor." And um, he went would to he audition. Would he do romantic the, roles,
0: or would he do action adventures, or would he be like, and uh, what 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 sort of niche do you think that uh, he would fit in?
3: Well, actually, his agent got him into an interview with the producer for The Wizard of Oz. Are we making The Wizard of Oz?
0: And he's going to be the man behind the curtain?
3: Well, no, 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 no. He first wanted to be the tin man. And so the producer said, More. "Look, you know, we're yeah, we 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 want we want well you might do okay with the tin man. The problem is you have a heart. We want people that don't have the character qualities they're seeking. We think he would be really good as either the straw man or the lion.
0: Well, he's often using the straw man argument when he's lying.
3: Well, the straw man didn't, straw man didn't have a brain. The, the lion didn't oh, have any no,
0: Listen, I'm really tired of people saying that Obama is incompetent or stupid. He He has proven that if you look at what he says, Alone, He looks incompetent and stupid from what he's done. But if you look at what he's done and assume that that's what he intends and then project what he might do next, it's it's spot on. The guy is really, really good. I, I don't think anybody gets to that level, no matter who they are, no matter how they get there, unless they're really, really good at that job. Well, they have I don't mean a, that they're not... good for the country, but good at the job. He's a smart well, he, guy.
3: He's an eloquent, phenomenal communicator. And I notice that he'll say a sentence or two, and then he'll stop. Then he'll continue the next one. And he, he does it really well. He uses that pause perfectly.
0: Yeah, i got to learn that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so yeah. we have I, – I, I don't understand why Congress was just so – you know, and as as Abubu as a was leaving, there was this one guy, um, he was so starstruck with his stare towards Obama, like, I worship the ground you walk on. i, I just like, really?
0: That was the electric and shock uh, device. He,
3: probably, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. And then there were some people in the front row that the first two rows were actually falling asleep during the speech.
1: Where, where <laughs> well,
0: that, was the Joe? Where was... The Joe Wilson of this event. I mean, do you remember Joe Wilson in, in, uh, when Obama came up up with his uh, Obamacare stuff? And uh, Joe Mouth, you lied. I mean, why is it that these people have to sit there? Look, I get, and and I don't think I'm ever going to be there, uh, no matter what anybody says, but I, I, I get why if you're in the Senate or you're at the, attending the State of the Union speech, why you wear a suit or a uniform, why you you know groom yourself real well and you act with decorum that's proper that shows respect to the institution itself okay i get that you want the people at home to know that you respect the institution
3: the, institution, the position yes. right
0: but why is it you have to sit there and applaud every time he says something that sounds good even though you know he's lying i mean look um <laughs> a bully comes up to you on the uh, on the street in the schoolyard whatever it is and says he grabs you by the, the arm and starts using your own hand to hit you. Remember that? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself?
2: Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so why are you going to sit there and go like, hey, look at him. He's 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 asking the guy to stop doing that, to stop hitting yourself. But he's the one doing
2: and, it. And a, you got to call and him and on that stuff. I think the point was is what, uh, you know, what Kelly, I believe Kelly said earlier, is you know, which was pointed out that, you know, I guess you said Glenn Beck uh, pointed out that, yeah, it was a good speech if you really aren't paying attention to anything much, much else, you know. I mean, it it was an eloquent speech, I guess, but unless you really are are one of those folks who, you know, delve into it like we do, you know, I could see people being enamored by it.
0: Well, you know what, con artists, and and let's not even just say con artists, let's use some some real cuz most of the con artists do their stuff in private because they don't want a lot of public attention because like like Bernie Madoff um there's anyone who looked too closely would realize that there was a ponzi scheme it was it was not real um so they 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 do it one on one but we've seen con artists we've seen certain televangelists and uh, the name hmm, Mark, uh what's his name Rick Warren comes to mind right now he's a current one uh, but we've seen them over the years where they are just amazing at preaching. They get up there, and they say stuff, and it seems heartfelt about, you know, you, you don't want to do wrong, and you want to make up for Even if you've done wrong, you want to make up for it. You want to stop doing that. You want to start doing good things. And they're living in, like, this uh, guy, Joel Steen, I guess, the one with the giant smile you can see from space because it's so bright. Um, No, I forget the religious aspects of what they're saying. I'm not making any comments about their religious belief, allegedly. But, you know, he's supposed to be emulating Jesus and he's living large, baby. I mean, these guys live like they are hip hop stars. They've got, you know, 20 room mansions. They've got uh, private planes. They've got all kinds of goodies and their family's all on the payroll for major six-figure salaries. Um, I'm sorry, but if the walk doesn't walk, meet the, match the talk, then they can walk, take a hike. I, I, I really, really don't care what people say anymore. I understand communication is such an important thing, and people need to hear uplifting messages, and I try to do that when I speak. But if what I do in my life doesn't match the things that I'm saying, then people should reject me. You know and, Reagan
3: was an excellent person for making you feel good to be an American and giving eloquent speeches, but he backed up a lot. Because it yeah,
0: see, liberty he, wasn't perfect, liberty he is, did his best yeah. to back that up.
3: Right. Liberty is a state of being. And it comes out of your heart. It just it is. And you know, regarding some of these um people that talk you know, a good show, but behind the scenes, they're not good people. It's like, I don't know how eloquent I am in speech, but probably not as good as Dan, but I'm at the homeless shelter. I had another meeting today, you know, Um, long story, but the key to really looking at a person is do they serve? Do they serve others? I mean, so what if you got a million dollars? Who cares? You know, you want to donate homeless homeless shelter, great. Why don't you donate your time? It's harder to donate your time than it is dollars. What's it take for do- donating money? Grab your checkbook, grab your pit, We done.
0: We only you know? don't all get the same amount of time, and some of us a lot less. I mean, a you minute know. is a minute, no matter who you are.
3: Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'm kind of wondering, guys, you know, who your thoughts are. I'm hearing hints of Jeb Bush running, Chris Christie... Ooh. Um oh,
0: no, bombs, yeah, but, the, oh,
3: you know, I I, I what, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get? I know. Are we gonna get another Obama
2: Democrat? Because That's the Republican Party can't do diddly squat.
0: Listen, wh- well, what when do they think? talk about Hillary,
2: I mean, actually, even when they're t- t- you know talking about, uh, some were contending that is this not as much as being you know a speech for Obama and what Obama is going to try to accomplish. In the next two years, uh, but kind of as a forewarning um, for, a while for uh, Hillary Clinton
1: that this is going to be, you know,
2: her. I mean, she's already tweeted out or something of that nature uh, that she likes the speech. Of course, she supports it, but I mean, you know, her even commenting on it, uh, and they're even talks about Romney running again because he made comment uh He made comment on the uh, on the speech even before the Republican response, which I, I'll be honest, I wasn't very uh, impressed with the uh, Republican response, uh, frankly. Oh, but, yeah, we're gearing to, up uh, for
1: Hillary.
2: Yeah. yeah, I wasn't very Look, uh, impressed with her.
0: You know what? This and, is, this I mean, is it the just, same thing Hollywood's it doing mean, real, right, right
2: now. Real quick, guys. Uh, real, real, real yeah, real quick, real quick, let me get this out. The, the, the thing that kind of gets me is, um, is when they have this person come on, and she probably spent half of the time telling us about her upbringing than she did what the Republicans would do, you know, instead of what Obama's uh, proposing. I mean, I, that kind of drives me nuts. I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is the Republican response, and you're spending half the time telling me you about your childhood and how you grew I was up going and your cabin. grand. Yeah, I mean, it's like right. <laughs> I, 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 I hate well, to say it, but I when I looked, out, you know, looked over, you know, on TV. I'm thinking,
1: who cares?
3: Well, you know, there's, there's a trick. There's a trick to why they do this. This is why, <clears throat> okay, Republicans do this fact, 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 statistics, fact, studies, and people are like, what? Oh, is it over? How about the uh, Democrats go, oh, this woman and her child, and oh, she had to run away. And oh, they get us through the heart. And, and Obama did that perfect trick with having that lady sitting next to uh, Michelle. Notice that? Oh, this, you know, they, they just love each other, and they're working hard, and she was working all this stuff, and now they have a baby. and But wait a minute. What's missing? What's missing here? A lot can be learned by what is missing. Where was her husband? Where was her husband? Oh, wait a minute. She probably is an Obama worshiper. Got to sit by Michelle. Ooh, but her husband is a construction worker. What do construction workers do? They don't like Democrats. That's probably why he wasn't there. Now, isn't that interesting?
2: Hmm.
0: Oh, no. She was a um, former Democratic campaign operative for Senator uh, Patty Murray, the Democrat. That's oh, Rebecca Earler, the one that's sitting there, yeah.
3: Yeah, okay. But they told all oh, a heart-wrenching story. They're in love. They want the American dream. Now they have a baby. And now they're covered
0: by insurance. Wait, now wait, Kelly. Wait, let's be fair. There's absolutely nothing wrong with people being interested in the stories of other people and strong emotions. And Reagan was not one who was unwilling to do that. Um, it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with telling stories that are true there's nothing wrong with telling stories that, that make your heart sore or make you weep or make you laugh or make you angry I think that it, it, it would be perfectly appropriate for the Republicans to do that as well Provide or the Democrats provided what they say is actually true and that what they <laughs> do actually matches what they say if you look at Hollywood popular culture this year we're going to see more sequels to sequels to sequels. And this is exactly what they do in politics. They say, now let's, let's look at it this way, folks. We've got a lot of power and money. We don't want to give up our power and money. We don't want to risk being branded as a loser because then we won't get more power and money and maybe people will go like, hey, he puts out crap. I'm not going to go see his next movie. So we're going to play it safe. We're going to take something that worked before we're not going to have any substance in there because you know, that's difficult, and people might not like it, or they might be, you know, emotionally upset about it in some way. We're going to just make sure the substance isn't there, but the style, the surface, is exactly the same as what came before. Look, we made money with Star Wars. Let's do another Star Wars. We made money with this franchise and that franchise and the other franchise. So let's just do the same thing again. That's what the status quo does. That's what the elites do. That's what they're doing in politics. Look at the uh, the companies out there that are providing these innovative new things, and they're not innovative. It's like, oh, I've got the latest phone that is just like all the other phones and has one more feature than the one from three months ago. It's There's no real revolutionary creativity going on there, and that would be unleashed. If we had the right leadership, because we've got the right populace, there are more than 3% now. 3%, that 9 or 10 million figure, is the minimum required to actually take this country back. We are in excess of that, and it's growing every single day. What's more, there are more natural constituents to constitutionalism out there that don't even realize it yet. I talk to people who think Obama's pretty good, who aren't high-information people, but when I ask them what they feel, what they want, and I ask them if they're in favor or against uh, cutting government, getting government out of our business, uh, letting us keep what we owe, uh, letting the people that they know in their lives who, who want to start businesses do it, and, and ask them. You know, I've asked people, uh, do you have, are you making as much money now? W- wouldn't you like to make more? Do you have an idea for a business? Would you like to have something going on the side? Uh, do you think that there's enough work to go around to keep on letting in more and more illegal immigrants? I'm not even talking about legal ones. I mean, on issue after issue after issue, even abortion, I talk to people who are, you know, it's the woman's right to choose what to do with her body, and I say, "Is uh, is that her body? It has different DNA. And they look at pictures of babies, and they love babies, and they think abortion's horrible, and yet... That's the number one cause of death in this country, is murder of children. So over and over and over again, if you if you actually talk to these people about the core of what these issues are about, almost everybody's on the side of constitutionalism and liberty. But they need a, something to galvanize them. They need something to focus on. And they need somebody out there to actually explain things to them, and I'm not talking about talking down to them or talking dumb to them. They're not dumb. They, what they follow, what sports or whatever their other interests are, what they follow, they know. They're not stupid. But they need somebody to explain it in simple terms. I, I'm a simple guy. I've got a pretty good intellect, but I get confused when things are complex. When I look and there's no seeming relationship between all these disparate facts, it disturbs me. So I look for common threads and what ties them together, and I test the hypothesis, and I say, is it true? Does it meet all the criteria? All, does it, is it true for all these different possible things? And when I find those things, those, I find that, wow, I've rediscovered something that great philosophers and religious leaders over the decades and millennia have discovered before me, which is that things are really pretty simple. When you read our founders, some of them used really flowery speech and antique terms, but a lot of it was really clearly written. When you hear the preamble to the Constitution. When you hear the, the, some parts of the, the, the uh, Declaration, when you hear some of these things, your heart just soars. If you look at Lincoln, when he wrote the Gettysburg Address on the back of that envelope, I mean, it says it clearly, but it says it simply, and people get it. And that's what we need, because we're just about ready. But if we don't do it pretty soon, we're not going to have much time more.
2: And speaking of uh, technology, you know, I'm doing this a little bit out of order, uh, but since, uh, you know, we were just, you know, you brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and play uh, the audio clip that I have here uh, when Obama's talking about technology. Well, once it's, Actually, it's not quite ready yet. So while we're waiting, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network.
0: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back.
1: To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at Patriots com. Let PJ net add
0: our muscle to your hustle.
2: And you like simply check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.PatriotJournalist.com. And I do have that uh, audio clip ready about uh, Obama uh, and technology, and here we go. More
1: than half the manufacturing executives have said they're active, actively looking to bring jobs back from China. So let's give them one more reason to get it done. Twenty first century businesses will rely on American science and technology, research and development. I want the country that eliminated polio and mapped the human genome to lead a new era of medicine. One that delivers the right treatment at the right time. In some with cystic fibrosis, this approach has reversed a disease once thought unstoppable. So tonight I'm launching a new precision medicine initiative to bring us closer to curing diseases like cancer and diabetes and to give all of us access to the personalized information we need to keep ourselves and our families healthier. We can do this. I intend to protect the free and open Internet, extend its reach to every classroom and every community, and help us build the fastest networks so that the next generation of digital innovators and entrepreneurs have the platform to keep reshaping our world. I want Americans to win the race for the kinds of discoveries that unleash new jobs, converting sunlight into liquid fuel, creating revolutionary prosthetics so that a veteran who gave his arms for his country, can play catch with his kids again. Pushing out into the solar system, not just to visit, but to stay. Now, last month, we launched a new spacecraft as part of a re-energized space program that will send American astronauts to Mars. And in two months, to prepare us for those missions, Scott Kelly will begin a year-long stay in space. So, good luck, Captain. Make sure to Instagram it.
2: It about six seconds longer than it needed to. I apologize for that. Uh, but, I mean, I, I have to admit, I do like the idea, of course, you know, of having the discussion about space exploration. That is uh, actually one of my passions and uh, definitely a strong interest in now, But we re- really love to see NASA be what it's supposed to be instead of what he's turned it in so, uh, into. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but, you know, bringing up technology, uh, let's go ahead and, and, and bring it back to that. Go ahead, Dan. But what, what about the space program? When you think well,
3: uh, about
2: that, I, actually, I was, seen also, I also it, seen uh, actually the, the gentleman he talked about today. It's real interesting. Let me give you a little background on that. It's yeah. real interesting. The gentleman he just uh, talked about actually has a twin who is almost the you know genetic repl- re- replica of him. And so what they're going to do is they're going to have him, of course, go out into space and stay in space a year and see what physiological differences there are uh, after he's been in space for a year and compare them uh, with the physiology of his twin, who, you know, as I said, is almost his exact uh, duplicate. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and, and that's, of course, on the genetic level, since, you know, uh, with, with being twins and they're identical twins. So that'll be, well. you know, with DNA and everything, that'll be interesting to see. Go ahead, Dan.
0: I I grew up reading fiction and philosophy, and uh, now I, I try to live the philosophy, and I don't read fiction anymore. I don't have time. And life is stranger than fiction, but I used to love science fiction, the golden age of science fiction, and I was such a huge fan of Star Trek. And, you know, well before Star Wars, I was reading this stuff, and I was imagining what it would be like. I've come to the conclusion that for me personally, I don't care where we end up going. I'm staying on Earth. I'm an Earthling. This is my home. On the other hand, we do need to branch out, not just for population, because we're going to eventually, we're nowhere near uh, close to uh, clogging up the planet, but we're going to get there someday. And there are so many possibilities. But let's recall that uh, the first year that Obama was in office, the man that he put in charge of NASA and the space program, who's still in charge, said that the NASA, NASA's prime mission, their prime goal was to highlight all of the, com- the, the uh, contributions that the Muslim world had made to science. I'm not making this up. That's what he said. That's what they did. Let's not forget that the shuttle program was not replaced that we're using Russian ships when Russia's happy with us to get up to the space station, that um, they've cut not only funding but the the creativity. That They're using private entities to uh, Elon Musk and several other people who are trying to, uh, you know, Burt Rutan, trying to come up with new space platforms. I'm fine with private enterprise doing this, but this is something that's so big that it does require uh, a national resources. That's why we haven't seen you know, Microsoft or Google put anyone to, into space because that's too big for even them. It needs national resources. And it's also a part of national security. And one good thing that has happened, I suppose, I'm not sold on the guy, but so far he's been doing pretty good, Ted Cruz from Texas representing Houston will be um, – in charge of the subcommittee that deals with uh, NASA. So he's the oversight guy for NASA now. And, you know, the fact that uh, Obama's saying this stuff about science, look, which president was it? Kelly would know who said, uh, you know, if you elect me, you'll get a chicken in every pot and two cars in every garage. They all promise a lot of stuff. Kennedy actually inspired us to send a man to the moon. And that space race wasn't just about national prestige. It wasn't just about what we could discover. It was about a frontier. Right now, people in this country are fed up, and they're fed up in a lot of places in this world with these statist elites who have nearly cemented control and returned us to some sort of uh, international monarchy. But where are you going to go? You can't go anywhere. There is no frontier. You can't say, I, you know what, I'm going to go over the the uh, Alleghenies and I'm going to cross the Mississippi and I'm going to go over the, the Rockies and I'm going to make a new life for myself. There is no place to go where there aren't already people and laws and rules. And a new frontier was a good idea back in Kennedy's day. I think it's a good idea today. A lot of what he said could be interpreted in a positive light, but a lot of what Obama said can also be interpreted in another re- light. when he talks about appropriate medical care the the right treatments at the right time uh, my first thought is well what does that mean that means that uh, when you're 75 years old you're not worth spending any money on no matter what your life expectancy might actually be so you're not getting that appropriate treatment that's what's happening in Britain under the National Health Service that National Health Service is about to collapse They're spending so much money and getting so little uh, bang for the buck, and people are dying because nobody cares and because you have to get permission. There are people right now in America who are saying, you know what, I'm not going to sign on to Obamacare. In fact, if I need help, I'm going to another country to get a doctor to help me. That's sad. We were the leader in everything. In some ways, we're still leading, but not by much. A lot of companies, countries are catching up with us, and it's not because they've accelerated and they're doing really well. It's because we've allowed them to steal a lot of our proprietary technology, and we are basically kicking back and going, yeah, you go ahead. I'm going to just take a break here. Well, that's not America. We've got to be push, 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 and go, go, go. And that's the way to make money. That's the way to make progress, real progress, not that progressivism progress, That's the way to create value and new technologies. I'm tired of the new technology to be, oh, yeah, it's another app for an iPhone. Big freaking deal. You know? I have all these friends who have these high-tech phones. and Oh, it's so cool. Look what I can do with it. I'm like, are those things that you ever wanted to do or that that are changing your life now? Does it matter? Look, I've got a weather app. We're standing outside on a break having a cigarette. they got a weather app. I said, what's the temperature? And they tell me. So does that have a thermometer in there? That's an old technology. No. So how do you know what the temperature is? Well, that's the news report. I said, so where are they taking the temperature? I don't know, probably at the airport 15 miles away. Wow, that's really great technology. There's so much that could be done so much that should be done. And in fact, I look at technology as a potential downside and a potential savior. Um, unrestrained with artificial intelligence and drones and you know the surveillance technologies that they've got now, uh, it wouldn't take much for it to be the end of us, for it to be Terminator. But if you look at Star Trek world, first of all, they have a very libertarian viewpoint. The prime directive says don't mess with anybody unless they're messing with you don't interfere with their lives unless you've got an overriding compulsion that you have to do it. You have no choice. Leave them alone, okay? They're not messing with you. And the reason that they're able to do all those great things is because they've mastered the technology of energy. Energy is no longer something that costs money to get. Energy is cheap. It's almost free in Star Trek. They have this... This form of power and propulsion that is so cheap that every single child growing up can now work in that future at what they want to. If they want to be a lifelong student, they can keep studying their whole lives. If they want to be a bum, they could be a bum. A lot of people get bored with being a bum, and not everybody wants to study everything for their whole lives. So if you want to be an engineer, you could be an engineer and work on some amazing things. You want to be a doctor? If you want to be an artist, there are a lot of things that you can create and add value to society while you're enjoying yourself. And people ask me, and this is just a little aside, how do I spend all this time and energy on the stuff that I'm doing besides work? Work is work. Work takes a lot out of me because I do it, I do it well, I'm not really Enthusiastic about, oh boy, I can't wait to get there and just do more of that work. And, <laughs> but the stuff I'm doing, like, like this show, like the other work in the Liberty Movement, it's not work. It's fun. It's, it's satisfying. And everybody out there if, if, that's listening, whatever you're doing in your life, it, imagine if you did have freedom to do what you wanted to do. And you're not going to get a guaranteed income from the government, but you wouldn't need it if we were able to master technology. As it stands right now, I don't think that if technology uh, breakthroughs happen, that they would share it with us. If they came up with free energy that was decentralized so that every single house could have its own fusion generator and could have unlimited amounts of power to create anything they want, 3D printers that were like the, uh, the matter transformation devices that they had on Star Trek where you could just say, I'd like a cup of Earl Grey hot. A cup of tea appears at just the right temperature. Do you think they'd let us have that? No way. That takes away all power from central authority. If you can have what you want when you want, the way you want it, and do what you want, why do you have to listen to them at all? The only thing central authority would be left to do is to provide uh, required security from outside invasions and to do what the Constitution says it should do here, In this country, the government is supposed to mediate and step in when citizens are creating harm to each other. So if somebody picks up a brick or a stick and starts smacking somebody else in the head, now it is society's business and it is government's business to step in and to first of all stop that and then ascertain what happened and who, if anybody, was at fault and then prosecute them, present evidence, and then whatever the, the punishment is. I mean that's an entirely appropriate thing for government to do. But we're talking technology, and I know that Kelly must have a lot more to say about that than I am because he's an actual scientist.
3: Um please uh I I would request that you do not insult me by calling me a scientist.
0: What what's insulting about that?
3: I'm an engineer.
0: Okay, okay. so you build uh, okay, the actual what, things and make them work that scientists think might happen.
3: Okay, is science. Science is the study of repeatable events. Okay, you get published in a paper, great. You write a textbook, who cares? That's a repeatable event, you know? Apple falls, like, not far from the tree. So, engineers take what scientists have figured out as repetitive and we creatively solve problems we creatively advance civilization you know curb gutter sidewalk sewage water we get rid of all you know we just like we add incredible quality to life other than just putting something on paper it's it's yeah but you know
0: what i appreciate that and i won't do that again but i have a problem (laughs) with a lot of engineers these days who design cars and other things Design them so that I can't work on them properly. I mean, I have a friend. Oh no no no, no 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 no
3: no 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 no! That was absolutely by design, so that you have to go back to the auto dealer and have his mechanics do it. It was by design, as directed by the business people, to generate more money for the company by
2: maintenance. Do you know they, they,
0: they wanted they me what to take doing. off? It, they wanted me to take off a bumper to replace a headlamp bulb? Uh, Seriously, that's what the book said. Luckily, whatever engineers design, I can work around.
3: See, engineers aren't in charge of the design of a car. It's the business people who want to keep you coming back to the dealership for maintenance costs. It's all about money. It's not about engineering. Of course, engineers would say, hey, let's do this and this, and we'll pay people money. And the business people would say, no, we want them coming back to pay us. Anyway, hey, I want to change topics. Um, You know, engineering is boring. By the way, anybody having trouble, (laughs) falling asleep at night, just give me a call. (laughs) I will read from you engineering textbooks, and you're going to fall asleep. All right. So anyway, Joe, no, I, I want to ask you guys a question. Did, did Obama hint, did he actually hint about giving illegals the right to vote?
0: And what line was that one in the speech?
3: Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm like, did he hint subtly about giving illegals the right to vote?
0: Did I think he, basically it's not so subtle. He, he, you know he wants to do it.
3: Well, you know he wants to, but how is he going to get passed? So I I think he uh, executive order. Oh, what happens if? Oh, now our next election can be absolutely fascinating. What if he signs an executive order that illegals can vote?
2: Well, how how are they going to separate? I mean, okay, here's here's one of the problems with the voter. Fraud well, he, well, here you get. I'm actually back, gentlemen. Uh, something happened with my phone; it just completely died. It just I was all static, and then just died. I don't know what happened with it. Um, so I would to use an alternate line. Uh, it's the speaking so of that, I want to go ahead and play a clip where he brings up, uh, yeah, up the immig- immigration, and then uh, I see Cindy okay, on the line. Okay, will okay. uh, Yeah, bring her in. And then I see some other folks uh, uh, listening, so if you'd like to chime in, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, because if you don't call us in the next 45 minutes, uh, we may go to the extended period. However, we uh, will not be uh, able to uh, have you call in afterwards. Um, so if you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And Cindy, uh, you when you're ready to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. And, uh, Kelly, you said you want me uh, to finish something up before I played that audio?
3: Well, yeah, I'll try to finish this up quick. With with election yeah, fraud and voter fraud, because of the mass numbers, mass numbers of people, like Sacramento, how many people? million plus. How in the heck do you count and revalidate and everything to figure out who's legal, who's illegal? It's, it's really – I'm friends with the county clerk. She's a really good, honest sweetheart. I wish every county election clerk was that way in the country, but it is a daunting – Overwhelming task to make a truthful election, and when you start throwing in millions of illegals, oh yeah, you're going to set, catch some in the rural areas. It's not even from this country, really, but from the in the bigger cities, it's it's point blank frightening because it takes so much manpower to figure it out.
0: Understood. Robert, do you have that clip?
2: Yes, I do.
1: A better politics is one where we spend less time drowning in dark money for ads that pull us into the gutter and spend more time lifting young people up with a sense of purpose and possibility, asking them to join in the great mission of building America. If we're going to have arguments, let's have arguments, but let's make them debates worthy of this body and worthy of this country. We still may not agree on a woman's right to choose, but surely we can agree it's a good thing that teen pregnancies and abortions are nearing all-time lows and that every woman should have access to the health care that she needs. immigration, but surely we can all see something of ourselves in the striving young student and agree that no one benefits when a hardworking mom is snatched from her child, and that it's possible to shape a law that upholds our tradition as a nation of laws and a nation of immigrants. I've talked to Republicans and Democrats about that. It's something that we can share. We may go at it in campaign season, but surely we can agree that the right to vote is sacred. That it's being denied to too many. And that on this 50th anniversary of the great march from Selma to Montgomery and the passage of the Voting Rights Act, we can come together, Democrats and Republicans, to make voting easier for every single American. Oh my gosh, yes, that was a little...
2: Uh-oh.
3: Yeah, you know I guess right? he was. He was. It me. It? It was? I, 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 I think did he it. did it subtly. He, yeah. he did it subtly. He did it subtly, saying the right to vote is sacred in the same context of illegal immigrants.
4: hmm
0: Not only Certainly. that, and I but see, what he's saying real, is real we quick, don't want uh, any.
2: Dan, look, look, Dan, real quick, real quick, uh, uh, real quick. I do see a couple folks uh, in the. In the queue, if you'd like to uh, chime oh, in, bring just them push in. the one on your. Yeah, well, they haven't pushed their one on their number dial, and if they'd like to uh, chime in, just push that one, and it will let me know that uh, you'd like to uh, get in. So uh, go ahead, Dan.
0: Well, I just want to tell all those people that listening to me is fun. If everybody says so.
2: <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> but I want to hear from you. And I, even if you're not a big speaker or whatever, we'll listen to you. We'll be nice to you. Just press that one. You get to come on the show. And we don't kick you off as soon as you're done. You don't have to, like, make your little comment and say, well, thanks, and just listen to what we have to say. You can stay on the show, and you can make more comments. You can ask questions. You can have your point of view, which I'm sure is not identical to any of our points of view. And you don't even have to agree with us.
2: I do see uh, some that may be on uh, Skype, so that might not be an option. So you guys go ahead, and I'll do some uh, call screening duties, and then we'll go from there.
0: So Kelly, um, well, assuming that he well, was going to, I,
3: assuming that I agree with you all the time.
0: <laughs> no, of course we don't agree on everything. But no, assuming that your 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 hypothesis, which I, I see is pretty reasonable, uh, that he might do this, that he says they're all here, executive order. And nobody is going to be allowed under the Justice Department to ask for an ID and, you know, anyone steps into a voting booth, gets to vote 10 times, however many times, wherever they want to go. Uh, That could be really, really bad. What would happen if there was a vote that was so stinky, that was so just full of, of lack of trust to the public? Like nobody believed that this was really the right vote. What would happen in this country?
3: Okay, well, I'll tell you what has happened. Of course, some states, you have a recount, a recount, or, you know, it's by state statute, they do a recount. Democrats, Republicans, a neutral person, they recount, and they correct the numbers, and, oh, we thought it was this person who was going to win, but it was actually that person. Like, in the 2012, Romney won Iowa. No, he didn't. It was Santorum. They had a recount. Why? Because they were true, saying, look, you guys freaking lied. You're adding numbers to Romney. Anyway. So you have recounts, that's one way. The other way is a court challenge. Oh, wait, how long does that freaking take? Around um, Tucson, Arizona, they have a freaking lawsuit that's been going on, still going on, over a bond measure that never passed. And it's, by the time they get the lawsuit settled, the money will be spent on the bond and all the infrastructure around the city a a nice super new highway. Jeez. Look, the courts no, have failed us. That's what I'm saying. That's there's got to be option.
0: another way. Listen, let's yes, say that you have is. an election. There's an election where uh, it's absolutely clear, and there's there's plenty of video and everybody's experiences. These these people just poured into the polls. We don't know who the hell they are. They don't live here. They voted, and this is a, a unfair election. We refuse to accept the result, no matter what court or what attorney general. Uh, certifies them as correct results no matter who gives a speech of, of victory or concession on election night. We just refuse to accept it. What happens then?
3: Okay, well, let's, it comes down to manpower. So let's suppose major cities, let's look at Chicago, LA, um, parts of Texas, San Diego, where there's a lot of Hispanics. Okay, let's suppose that their voting rate is 33%. Only 33% of the population shows up. All of a sudden, they're up to 48%. And whoa, what do you know? It's the Democrats are winning all over the place. Wait a minute, 32, 48. That's the difference of 16%. We haven't seen that in like a heck of a long time. Oh, it's Hispanic voting. Okay, so somebody has a sufficient, a reporter, an exit poll, whatever. And all of a sudden, um, and I'm going to tell you a story that's frightening after this. So all of a sudden, you're like, wait, 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 wait. Voting is up by 50, by, freaking 50%. It's up. Oh, they're illegal Hispanics voting. Okay, now what do you do? Well, you do a recount. Really? Billions of vote? How do you do that? You need manpower. Manpower. Of course, maybe, somehow, but volunteers will show up, but I doubt it because most Americans don't care. One way to get manpower is through grand juries.
0: Okay, grand how heard you do that.
3: Okay. In California, you just file a petition. The grand jury gets on it. Um, judges can convene grand juries and convene another one and can convene another one, but that takes weeks. That's another story. Anyway, so the suspicion is there. What do you do with, well, did he win or did he not? Who's going to be in place? Who's not? How many more months are we going to take? I mean, what I'm saying is is the dynamics here are very, very difficult. There was in, I think it was in Texas or I can't remember whether it was, It was a border state, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, or California. I can't remember which one, okay? The the clerk uh, or the um, this leaked out to the jury commission office. Okay. Mm-hmm. They said they had you know trial by jury. They they, they issue people jury summons and people kept calling into the court saying, I can't serve as a jury member. Why not? I'm not an American citizen. But you get a jury summons. Yeah, that's because I registered to vote. What? I think it was Will Daily Daily that broke this story. It's like forty like thirty or forty percent the people calling in saying I can't serve because I'm not an American citizen all of a sudden they like, look, I've had enough, I gotta go to the press at this. How did you get on the voter rolls to end up to get a jury summons? And this is frightening. And obviously you know what? from <clears throat>
0: That, that, might, from, that might end yeah. up with uh, some real anarchy because I can't see following any order of any elected official who gets it through sheer fraud.
3: Well, we have to have laws for a reason, you know? It's like you're not from this country. I mean, why don't we let all the Russians come in or the Chinese and vote that uh, America be melted into Russia and China? I mean, come on. Where, where's Lena here? On how we vote and who we let vote for You know, who we let vote I mean, obviously, citizenry Citizenship is a good idea um, But it's frightening With, and I've studied um, election fraud And voter fraud extensively And it's, it's, it's frightening and Somewhere in Massachusetts, in a county There was uh, one out of seven People voting were dead That means if you were a politician You would have to campaign in the cemetery Once a week to get elected I mean, you know we we got problems here It's just the sheer numbers and the sheer manpower for the potential. And Obama ex- exposed subtly the clandestine plan to get illegals to vote by saying, oh, the vote is sacred in the context of illegal immigrants. I was like, jeez.
0: I'll tell you what. Um, if, if this happens, if they try that, there's going to be some serious problems. And there's those who favor law and order which I do. So if there were riots or shootings, assassinations, anything like that, burning things down, I would absolutely favor the uh, police doing their best to stop that. that. That hurts innocent people. That destroys people's property and, and ruins their lives. On the other hand, that might be what it takes to finally galvanize large ter- uh, Protests, you know, large, large numbers of people. You see this overseas. Uh, the Charlie Hebdo situation and over a million Parisians came out in favor of freedom of speech. And then just yesterday, 800,000 Muslims came out protesting Charlie Hebdo. After there was a massacre, they're protesting. He made a cartoon that insulted the prophet. That's mass numbers. We have best start getting off our asses and doing stuff before the mass numbers are not in our favor in this country. There are plenty of good Americans, who, some of whom are immigrants who came from other places, and, and I'm fine with that. But there are a lot of people coming here who do not share American values. They don't come here legally. They don't have no interest in America. They don't have no knowledge of what liberty or freedom is. Uh, they come from corrupt regimes, and they're an extension of those corrupt regimes. Like you were saying, if uh, if the Chinese government were able to get um, a million Chinese nationals in here, which would not be all that hard with the border open, and put them in big cities where there are already existing Chinese populations, that could sway votes. And this, this dangerous idea that they have of getting rid of the electoral college and making it so that it's a straight popular vote, I, I think that's foolish. That means the cities well, will always, always have the say, and everyone in between the cities, even if it's 49% of the population, will have no say. I like what you guys are doing up in uh, Jefferson. What you're trying to do, I understand some more counties just signed on to the idea of seceding, not from the Union, but from the state of California to form their own state so that they can have actual representation.
3: Yeah, well, what's going on? Well, you. yeah, okay. Thursday it happened, okay? That was after our show on Wednesday course um thursday three counties submitted to the state legislature at the capitol steps in sacramento we're done okay you don't represent us you don't care about us you don't understand our needs we're done <clears throat> it was a it's a declaration it's it's a form of declaration of independence but it's a declaration we're at five counties now Siskiyou, where i'm at started it modoc did it tahima um red um Glen County, um, not Butte, um, let's see, Glen, Tehama, Siskiyou, Modoc, and I think it was Butte. Anyway, we have five counties. Two more are coming online. <clears throat> and what we're saying is, look, you, we don't have a – rep. we have, a, like, one state house representative for, like, two counties. You take two of our northern counties, we're bigger than Massachusetts. We have in California. We have, and, and this is a lawsuit that's coming. This is inside information. We have a uh, we have a lawsuit that we want one state house assemblyman from each county, one state house senator from each county. And presently, we have a ratio. This is frightening. Um, in the assembly, that's like the house. That's like the representatives. In the assembly, we have one rep for every 435,000 people. Good luck getting in touch with them. In the State House Senate, we have one per 930,000 people. Good luck competing with 930,000 people to get your request even addressed. This is the worst in the nation. And so there's a lawsuit that will commence that hopefully will get a lot more and maybe maybe the North State will become a state by itself loses years out, but at least we'll have representation. Now, if this happens here, we're successful with the lawsuit, a lot of other states are gonna fall through and have one state house rep, one state house senator to the um per county. Which means what? The rural areas with more common sense, more conservative values, more love of the constitution will prevail in the states. It will affect the entire nation may take a decade, but it will be a huge shift away from socialism.
0: Well, you know, the thing about states is that they used to be based not on size of the landmass, but on population. And, you know, when the state got numerous and they said, look, you know, we have too many people and uh, we're just don't, it's it's unwieldy, um, there were splits. I personally would have absolutely no problem if, in Philadelphia, there's basically um, Philadelphia uh, going up through Allentown, that's a big population center, and then on the western side, uh, closer to Bob in Ohio, there's the large area of Pittsburgh and its surrounding areas. Um, they're pretty much progressive, and they run things progressively, and they tax progressively, and they interfere with people progressively. And if you want to live in that, I have no problem with that. I mean, look at San Francisco. They they elect Nancy Pelosi. I make fun of Nancy Pelosi. But if that's what they want, I don't have a problem with that. That's that's choice. I don't want to choose for them. I don't like them choosing for me. When big cities have this population base, and we base it on a democratic rather than a elected representative republic idea – then what you end up with is the big cities telling everybody else what to do. And we know how they're about. They're about progressivism. Here where I live, we're not. We're about people having individual responsibility and individual rights and freedom. I don't mess with my neighbor. My neighbor doesn't mess with me. We voluntarily associate to do things together. Um, His property is his property. Unless he's doing something that presents a danger, a real danger to me or mine, i got nothing to say about it, and vice versa. He can make his house any color he wants. He can put anything he wants in his yard. We have a fellow who lives near here. um, He's a really colorful fellow. And his yard is filled with art. At least you can call it art. You know those cement things that you can buy, all the shapes and stuff? He has literally every two feet there is a statue of something or a little whirly yeah. gig, or a little moon uh, globe. or I mean, it, it's full. His yard is full. That's what he wants to do. There are people here around here, some who say, I think that's pretty neat. There are others who say, I hate it. It's an eyesore. I really wish you'd get rid of it. Too bad. But, well, that's what her, he wants her, to do with his yard. It's quick, not a Kelly, danger to anyone else. Oh, absolutely. We're, absolutely.
2: Real, real quick, gentlemen. We, we do have... Uh, we do have Cindy on the line, so let's go ahead and, and bring her in. So it's, it's uh, nice to hear from. We haven't heard from her for a couple of weeks. so It'll be good to hear again. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Cindy, for calling us to the show. How are you?
4: Well, I'm doing just fine. How are you boys tonight?
0: We're missing and you, Cindy.
2: I'm doing pretty good, except uh, my phone just uh, my phone just died. Just completely died. I just I heard static, <laughs> and then nothing. <laughs> I well I, I was have no
4: idea. I was listening for quite a while before you came back, so I, I but I didn't know it until you came back that you were gone, gone. <laughs> well, guys, um, I have a couple of things I wanna I wanna talk about and say, but I'll have to apologize because you know being late. I don't know what you've already talked about, so I hope I'm not like rehashing everything you've already said. Well, but. Trinity, well,
3: what we've been doing, we've been talking about you while you were not here.
4: There. Well, did anybody bring up Newt Gingrich's analysis on the State of the Union?
0: No, but that would be a good thing to hear.
4: No one has no, not, so that will be great. Okay. All right. Well, let me just tell you. What it, he named it, the title of it is. Obama abandons the real world, okay? <laughs> and you and I, you and I all all of us know that he's not living in our world anywhere. But what was very interesting was that he quoted a few of the more liberal, you know, political pundits and people out there. And I, and I thought I would just give you some of these uh quotes First of all, Andrea Mitchell says from NBC, I think that on foreign policy, his projection of success against terrorism and against ISIS in particular, as I said, is not close to reality. And then you got Chris Matthews with, you know, the thrill going and the tingle going up his leg. After last night's speech, he said, I keep thinking tonight, that there's a world out there that he didn't really talk about. (laughs) And then um, Richard Engel from NBC also says, seems that the rose-colored glasses through which President Obama was viewing the foreign policy were so rose-colored that they don't even reflect the world that we're living in. ISIS is doing very well, and the strategy is completely disjointed. To sell that as a success, I think, was missing the point, maybe even disingenuous, ooh, he came real close to saying the president lied. <laughs> then he said, it sounded like the president was outlining a world that he wishes we were all living in, but it's very different from the world, with terror aid, uh, terror raids taking place across Europe, with ISIS very much on the move. One thing the president said was that American leadership, including our military power, is stopping ISIL's advance. Well, that just isn't just isn't the case. Um, and then he said he talked he talked about building support for the moderate Syrian opposition. That effect- effectively isn't happening. There's no real support for the moderate moderate Sir- Syrian opposition. <clears throat> In fact, one military officer told me that they are calling the moderate Syrian opposition the unicorn because they haven't been able to find it. So there was a general there was a general tone. Maybe even suspended disbelief. I think when he started talking about foreign policy, that's not there's not a lot of success stories to be talking about in foreign policy right now. And then um, he went on to say that now I don't know you guys might have heard this. It was either on Hannity or the guy that comes on right after Hannity here in my area, Bob Menendez. Senator Men- Menendez was on there, and I heard him say this that President. That. Yeah, that President Obama's quotes on Iran sounded like the talking points coming straight out of Tehran. Yeah. Um So basically, President Obama has always refused to talk about radical Islam or Islam anything. It's always a violent extremism. Okay. Well, do you know what he and just did
0: today? He just released, his. the Obama administration just released, and this is not from Guantanamo, this is from fe, the federal pen, from the penitentiary, a convicted al-Qaeda, convicted in court. A guy's name is Ali Salah Al-Mari. He got early release.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What yeah. do you
0: think he's going to well. do? Well, Open up a flower you know shop?
4: You and I know what he's going to do. And, and um, President Obama, I think he's going so far beyond He's going so far beyond what um, his party even was, you know, elected him to do. I mean, his most liberal oppos his most liberal backers are now starting to backpedal and, and step away from him. And the thing is, what's really dangerous about it, unless one of them decides to come up against him, he he gets everything he wants, and they don't get to say anything about it. And um uh, he's just going to whip out his pen and his, and his phone, and we're going to get whatever he decides. And you know what? He's got so much on those people, they don't dare um, go up against him because then all their crap is going to be revealed, and they're going to be outed from all the stuff that they've done. So this is a really dangerous situation. And I think some of these people on in his party know that it's a dangerous situation. And uh, they're starting to actually be afraid of him. And you certainly can't blame them. But anyway, um, uh, (laughs) you know, he said this, well, Newt summed it up like this. The State of the Union, on national security matters at least, is a disaster. A president who tries to hide from the threats we face of course, or or worse, to construct his own world in which they don't exist, is making the planet a much more dangerous place. Okay? He's just totally disconnected from reality. And, um, he, he, well, Newt calls him foolish, and all these other people are kind of calling him foolish, but I think he's diabolical. I think he knows exactly what he's doing, and it's a diabolical plan.
0: What else did Newton have to say? He's just, listen, uh, if out there, uh, Cindy did work on mm-hmm. the Newt campaign. So did Robert. Um, I mm-hmm. never particularly thought that he would have sh- should have been president. Um, that's a personal thought. Uh, however, I I have to say that Newt You're allowed Cambridge to be wrong. Is, oh, I, I see your point of view. He is one of the most intelligent fellows that's ever been on the political stage in the last 50 years. Easily, and mm-hmm. he's pretty damn honest. And you don't have to agree with him. Some of his ideas are so uh, radically novel that you just you, you, it takes you a while to figure out what is he talking about until you do your own research. He is a great thinker, and I'm very interested in what the man has to say. So, mm-hmm. what what were his other conclusions besides foreign policy?
4: Well, that's this article was only about foreign policy. This the whole. The whole thing was just about the disconnect with reality about foreign policy. He didn't even mention some of the others. In this particular article, I'd have to go look up some other stuff to to find out other things that he said. But can I give one more? I want to give one more story. (laughs) This is something that happened to me. Hold on. Okay. Um, you know, I just recently drove back from Texas, all by myself. <laughs> when you're in the car all by yourself, you, you know, you look for something to talk about or think about or <laughs> listen to, and so music just doesn't quite cut it. <clears throat> and because you're traveling, you go in and out of radio stations, you know, and um, I was listening to both. Conservative and liberal radio shows as I was going home, and I could tell you a million things that I heard and I tell you what I was so i I was like fit to be tied by the time I got home. I just wanted to yell at somebody, but anyway, I was listening to this one liberal talk show um and by the the language and the dialect and all I could tell that they were african American. And they were kind of celebrating Martin Luther King Day, because that's the day it was. And um, some guy calls into this this show. He's an activist, and he's actually at a protest at the moment, right? And I couldn't tell whether he was from Ferguson or where. where. But anyway, the whole thing was a bunch of gobbledygook. And the, the talk between them was so nonsensical and so unbelievably unintelligent um it was hard to listen to but i kept listening hoping that i could get somebody's idea and then all of a sudden you know he's complaining about everything everything he can think about he's complaining Um, apparently the united states is just the worst country that a black man could ever be a part of now i don't know if you could tell uh, i don't think you could convince that of the nigerians or the sudanese or any of them so anyway and real, that, real quick before oh. the
2: next person uh, comes on, I and I apologize for being remiss. As I said, I was having some uh, troubles here. I'm trying to uh, alleviate, but it looks like I, I won't be able to do that till tomorrow. Uh, but for those who are uh, listening there through the link, uh, you still have some time to uh, chime in. To so just give us a call at 347-945-7428 because if you don't give us a call in about 15 minutes, and we go into extended period, or what sometimes we lovingly call uh, Bart's Logic After Dark. Uh, that It's not that bad, folks, but <laughs> we just get a little more uh, humor sometimes then. Uh, but just give us a call at 347 uh, 945 because if you don't and we leave the live portion of the show, uh, then you uh miss the remainder of that period, which will be available on the podcast Uh, That will be available shortly after the show ends, uh, but you will not be able to hear or participate uh, with uh, the show. And so also for those who I do see on, uh, whether you're on Skype or calling in, if uh, you'd like to chime in and uh, add your voice to ours tonight, uh, push the one on uh, your number dial. I don't know if that works the same with Skype, um, but uh, you can try that and we'll get you in. Uh, So uh, let's go, go ahead back to you, Cindy.
4: Okay, now you hold on to your hat because I want you to remember this is Martin Luther King Day. Okay? This is about the guy that gave the I Have a Dream speech. That little white boys and little girl well, white girls be able to go to school. It's the same uh, little black boys and little white boys and they'll they'll get to do the same things, be in the same schools, blah 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 blah. Right? Okay. So he's complaining and complaining about having to live in the white man's world. And he says we have to go to white bankers for loans and we got to put our money in the white bank bankers bank. We got to go to the white schools and have white teachers teaching us. We got to go to white grocery stores to get our groceries. We got to go to white restaurants, blah, 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 blah. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that what they wanted to do? Don't they want to ride on the white bus and don't they want to go to the white restaurant and the white bathroom and, The white bank and the white school? No, no, it isn't. What happened? (laughs) It
0: isn't what they wanted. It isn't what Martin Luther King was talking about. He was talking about a colorblind society. I mean, obviously, I see somebody is tall or short, they're fat or thin, they're black or white or yellow, whatever it is. That's not something that we're not going to notice, but it, it shouldn't matter. What should matter is the content of their character, and since we... Thankfully, maybe the NSA can do this now, or Facebook, but uh, since we can't know what's in someone's heart, we can look at what they say, we can look at what they do. If those two things match, we know they're honest. And if what they're doing is good for other people, then we know the content of their character. It's good. So um, the black community bought into Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. Um, They passed the Voter Right Act, which I thought was a good thing. You know, and We don't want poll taxes. We don't want literacy tests. We don't want people saying, you can't vote because, well, it's really because you're black. Um, and, and I'm fine with that. Voter ID does not mean the same thing these days. You can have an ID and, and vote, and you can be any color. As long as you're a citizen, that's okay with me. Um, as long as you're voting in the right place and only one time. Uh, however, there used to be in the black community uh, quite a lot of entrepreneurs and not just hip-hop moguls, but, I mean, people who ran, and not just barbershops, people ran all kinds of businesses, insurance agencies, funeral homes, banks, you name it. What was supposed to happen was that once there was a more colorblind society, blacks would be free to go to the white establishments, yes, but whites would be free to go to the black establishments. There would be a an equality of opportunity for business, Okay, And what that doesn't mean is an inequality of outcome. That means that if there's a business out there that sells me gas cheaper or that gives me better food or that gives me better service or gives me better deal, then I'm going to go there. And I don't really care who it's run by as long as it's run honestly, ethically, and I get a better deal. That's the same thing everybody's going to do. That's how a business succeeds. I I would have no problem and have no problem with – it being a business owned by any American. Forget the hyphenated stuff, okay? But what did happen was they bought into this um, great emotional-sounding appeal that we've got to take care of families, and we've got to take care of children. Of course, we all believe that, but what they actually did was they turned families against each other. They split them up. They said, you can't have a guy in the house who's unemployed and get as much money. And if you have kids, you'll get more money. We don't care who the father is. They're not going to have to pay anything. And they said, if you abort the kid, um, we'll pay for it. We'll make it easy for you. And they've done this to the white communities, too. But in terms of percentages, the black community has gone down. In this country compared to the white community In a faster wa- rate it's, it's, it's terrible I mean you see plenty of White kids today who have absolutely No work ethic They they don't know what it's about They've had very little education offered to them In the, in the public schools um, They don't want to work They don't have the idea of having a business They they have kids when they're far too young And not able to care for them um, If they have kids If they don't have abortions A lot of drugs But in the black community, it is worse today. I mean, when they say that it's worse for black Americans today than it was, not in slavery, but just 40 years ago, it's true, and it's down to government interference. I say get the government out of that. Stop trying this war on poverty that ends up with more people in poverty. Stop trying this war on drugs that ends up with more people on drugs. If I was, you know, and this isn't going to happen, but if I was the president of the United States, I would form a commission to start going through all of the federal convictions and all of the state convictions for crimes, provided there was no violence involved and it wasn't major weight drug trafficking and it was no children involved. Anybody who was locked up, who had any kind of conviction, for which, which follows you for um, things like drug possession or paraphernalia possession, I'd issue a pardon for that person taking the risk that some of those people might reoffend or might do even worse. We know this. But if they've been out and they've been clean and they've been trying to do the rest best in society, you know how hard it is to get a job, a good job, if you have a criminal conviction in a lot of ways? Do you know what, what happens to you if you try? I mean, for instance, if you've been convicted of of certain offenses, and there's a lot of them in there that aren't real crimes of violence against people, you can't even own a gun or get a carry permit in some cases. Um, they, they strip you of your rights, and they split the families. I say people would naturally attract to each other, and families doesn't have to be a father and a mother and children. That's my family, and I think it's a good way. It's a traditional way, but I see some blended families that seem to be making it pretty well, and I, I don't particularly care what you know what their orientation is. I care about people having the economic wherewithal and the decency to actually care for children and provide them with what's best. If you look at local schools, most of them don't aren't locally controlled. There are so many mandates from the state and from the federal government, and there's so many strings attached to the money that's provided to them that they use to run on. And there's so many levels of administration before you even get to the teachers and so many teachers who – don't belong in that profession at all. They went into it for the money or whatever they went into it for. They didn't go into it for a love of teaching. And that's what we need is people to, to you know, I, I've said before we could fix this country in, in record time. And I truly believe that in two years, if we had everything lined up properly, we could turn ourselves around. And in three years, we could be making incredible progress towards financial uh, greatness again and liberty. In seven or eight years, you wouldn't recognize this country compared to the way it was. We'd be better than we ever were before. We'd be the envy of the entire world. We'd be head and shoulders above everyone else, and they'd all want to be emulating us and trying to be like us. Um, But that's not the end of it because we have entire generations of kids, some adults now, who didn't have parents who knew what the heck they were doing And the parents trusted the schools, and the schools did not serve them well. They did not teach them anything useful. They did not teach them how to think critically on their own. They didn't teach them the basics of what it is to be an American or the basics of literature, of science, of of mathematics, of all those things that are so necessary to uh, be an educated and productive citizen. It doesn't matter what your job is. You can be a welder. You have to know math. You could be a truck driver. You have to know a lot of other things besides your own job. And those things enhance your life. And I know a lot of parents out there who are doing good jobs and doing the right thing, but it's becoming less and less. So one of the primary things that we need to do is take back the education system from government control, all those mandates that are supposedly going to be good for our kids that, that that increase and, and Obama talked about this. He wants uh, you know, universal daycare. No, sorry, well, universal let's, let's, head start. Let's
2: brought it up. So let's go ahead and, and let, yeah, let's let's go ahead and play the the clip on that, Dan. And then we'll get uh, uh back with you and then bring Kelly in and then uh Well no let somebody else talk. So go ahead. Okay, well we'll bring uh Kelly after the clip.
1: During World War Two when men like my grandfather went off to war having women like my grandmother in the workforce was a national security priority so this country provided universal child care. in today's economy when having both parents in the workforce is an economic necessity for many families we need affordable high quality childcare more than ever it's not a nice to have it's a must have so it's time we stop treating childcare as a side issue or as a women's issue and treat it like the national economic priority that it is for all of us. And that's why, that's why my plan will make quality childcare more available and more affordable for every middle class and low income family with young children in America by creating more slots and a new tax cut of up to $3,000 per child per year. Here's another example. Uh, Today, we are the only advanced country on Earth that doesn't guarantee paid sick leave or paid maternity leave to our workers. 43 million workers have no paid sick leave. 43 million. Think about that. And that forces too many parents to make the gut-wrenching choice between a paycheck and a sick kid at home. So I'll be taking new action to help states adopt paid leave laws of their own. And since paid sick leave won where it was on the ballot last November, let's put it to a vote right here in Washington. Send me a bill that gives everybody- make ends meet like higher wages. That's why this Congress still needs to pass a law that makes sure a woman is paid the same as a man for doing the same work. It's time. We still need to make sure employees get the overtime they've earned. And and everyone in this Congress who still refuses to raise the minimum wage, I say this if you truly believe you can work full-time and support a family on less than fifteen thousand dollars a year try it if not, vote to give millions of the hardest working people in America a now these ideas won't make everybody rich won't relieve every hardship that's not the job of government <laughs> to give working families a fair shot We still need more employers to see beyond next quarter's earnings and recognize that investing in their workforce is in their company's long-term interest. We still need laws that strengthen rather than weaken unions and give American workers a voice. and equal pay, things like lower mortgage premiums and a higher minimum wage, these ideas will make a meaningful difference in the lives of millions of families. That's a fact. And that's what all of us.
2: Okay, okay, Kelly, we'll go over to you on that. Um, Go ahead. Well, I am so glad he confessed i you confession?
3: you're so glad was.
2: Confessed? Obama
3: confessed. Uh, In front what? of Congress, and they applauded his confession.
4: Oh, I know what it, you're going to say. I know, I know. I have my hand up. Can I say it, teacher?
3: <laughs> okay, go ahead. ahead Since <laughs> you had your he hand confessed.
4: up first. He confessed that he never intends to get our economy, uh, to craft an economy that in which a woman didn't even have to work and that somebody in the family could stay home with the kids.
2: Well, you're pretty close. He confessed... The point. He he confessed,
3: Congress applauded, that they need child care.
2: <laughs> <But> their children... Because <laughs> their children... Got it. Okay. Yeah, uh, we need to Almost. <laughs> Mars logic after dark. Yeah. All
3: right. So, anyway... Going back, I was surprised. He did this cute thing where him and two buddies sat on the couch and they put Obama's speech on the big screen, and they were making comments left and right. It was so stick and funny. Oh, gosh. The blaze! he did that. It was just so freaking funny. But, um, he, go oh, Beck is even saying, Glenn Beck's saying that, look, both Republicans and Democrats are a disaster, and I'm not sure if I have any hope in the Libertarians, but it's like, yeah, it's like we got real problems here. But they're, they're this is like a first ever um somebody had the balls to make comic relief while watching the uh um president give a speech and uh he was fast forward and fast reverse and you know like and Obama would
0: be like
3: this and it was so, I was like laughing. Anyway. Um and he had fact checkers and they would pull out facts now, nope, this is light now, nope, this is light. Right right on the spot. It was amazing what Glenn Beck did. I'm not quite a Glenn Beck fan yet, but I'm like, wow. Um, just just for to, to somebody to write their life on the scene, in the moment, just cut through the the ball beep sorry, I think Thread syndrome coming out again. But he cut through the ball, Loney, and uh other Beep, beep, effing beep. All right. Anyway, uh, it was pretty
0: cool what Blendec did. What that, what what he was talking about is the entire basic premise that government is here to solve social problems. What's mm. wrong with that mm-hmm. is that government has never solved a social problem. That for every single crisis and every single problem that they identify, many of which are real. Their solutions cause the problems to be worse. Once you have a government program and you have government bureaucracy and there's money flowing and power, the they, the motivation for the people who run those programs is to continue those programs. They don't run them to end them. They don't want to not be working the following year. They want more employees. They want more budget. I
3: know, they want more votes. Dan, have you ever thought that government accomplishes what they set out to do, which is they to do, gain more they votes. They do,
0: but they say they want to. to
3: I, I know, yeah, but exactly. they, 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 go, they, they go to accomplish what they want, which is to get reelected.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it
2: keeps on being more, I just want to make a quick point, and it keeps on being, you know, I mean, it keeps on being more and more and more. First it's, you know, first it's universal health care, now it's universal child care, then it's going to be free community college. Uh, we'll play that clip later. Uh, free. free community college for for everyone. Well that's it's going to come from somebody, years. Yeah. right? But it just seems like well, it's always more, more. Let's get more. You know, you know, from the government. I, I I I I am for more child
3: care Where my son, nine years old, followed Congressman around all day long and said, "Look, you're out of line. You're out of line. Frickin' he's a nine year old. You know, my son." I I played this clip on the tape. He goes, "Dad, I don't understand, congressmen. I have to pass a test to go to third grade, but Congressmen don't have
2: to pass a test to go to Congress."
0: That's a good point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting.
0: You know, here's the thing. But they out
2: of the mouth of babe, Is that what they say? Mm-hmm.
0: Kids say the darndest things. And Valerie Jarrett didn't know what to say in the White House when she was confronted on video in the White House over, you remember Obama's statement that women aren't making as much as men at the same jobs? Um, it, You know they who's a prime working. example? During, in the White House, on the White House Obama administration, he pays women less for the same jobs that, that they're doing as men are doing. So, wh- he, you know, I don't care what he says. Every single thing that he says is a lie because he doesn't do what he says. What he means is to get government into everybody's business. You know, if, if there's universal child care, that comes with controls. That means it's not your grandma, because if your grandma takes some money, now we can go into grandma's house and we can say, Yeah, grandma, what are you doing? You're talking about the Bible to those children? Well, you're interfering with their rights of self-determination. They should be able to determine for themselves at age three whether they want to believe the, the things that you believe. Oh, Grandma, you can't feed them uh, a fattening snack. You know, that we've proven that that's not healthy for you. Look at the Obama lunches that, that we're serving. I mean, the, the, that crap that nobody wants to eat. Um, th- it's just another way of getting more control over people in ways that, Sounds so nice. What we've got to wean people away from in this country is the idea that government can solve anything. When when there's a government program, what is it? Ronald Reagan said the the most frightening sentence in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help.
2: Knocking at your door, saying I'm here to help you. <laughs> I
0: well, want you my know, neighbor. Government,
4: government isn't going to do anything with quality. That's that's what's so totally hilarious about that statement. Okay, you put government in anything, it's not going to be quality, whether it's health care, whether it's child care, whether it's Social Security, whether it's, you know, just just name all the government programs. None of it is done with quality and and um, efficiency or anything. The only real quality well, um, health care that any kid's going to get is at home with his own mom or his own dad.
2: We I can't, did, it, I, I I think, yeah.
4: No, I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree
2: with that, Cindy. But I'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a second. I um, know, and, and, and I agree. I think this should make a ways to where you know you can have one of the parents uh, being able to stay home with, uh, you know, with, with the children. But be that as it may, currently that's that that's not the case because we do need, uh, unfortunately, parents I have. Uh, now he was talking about you know you know tax cuts, and I'm presuming that those tax cuts, um, I guess or the tax credits, whatever he said it'd be another three thousand dollars per child would be something that would you be used for daycares. So if they were to use those those funds for, you know, privately owned daycares, what's your thoughts on that? Now of course the guy'd get the funds and we w well, I've got an, an audio clip on how we would be planning to pay for that. Uh but what if those those tax uh I guess there's tax credits that we get three thousand dollars per child. He mentioned uh, were to go to privately uh, into a care business.
0: It's income redistribution, okay? Well, because, yeah, and, well, and it's, it's what
4: true. you said earlier too. It's what you said earlier too. It's just a matter of control, and and they they want to control what's being taught to the child. And by giving government money into the healthcare system, they can tell you what you can teach your child and what you can't, and how you got to treat them medically, and how you got to feed them and all that just like what you mentioned before, Dale Dan. Um, and more it, than that, it, it's all control. What
0: they what they did in a number of states where they have these programs uh where if somebody in your family is sick, um they pay you to stay home and take care of your sick person. Now that's a great idea.
2: Definitely.
0: Okay. Yeah there's it's pretty big. Um it's a great idea. The money gets laundered. First it goes in taxes to Washington, everybody takes a cut. Then it goes back to the state, and then it goes from the state to an agency. Everybody takes a cut, and then the agency actually pays the person to stay home with their sister, or their grandma, or whatever and When we hear the stories of oh the person has cancer, they have terminal this they' have, you know they' have, they're crippled that and that it's it's a real oh uh, you know our hearts go out to these people it, legitimately, and we want to help them. what it doesn't say is that an awful lot of these people really don't need much help at all, and it's just another way for somebody to sit on their ass and collect all right now i i have said this in the past that the majority of people who are on unemployment, which is what I deal with in social services and I know people who are in the welfare agencies et cetera, that most of them really would work, and a lot of them are looking for work. but I have to admit this: many of these people get lazy it's not outside of human nature. It's not that they're bad people. But tell me this. If you had the choice of sitting on your ass and enjoying yourself, going for a jog, uh, watching your favorite show, playing video games online with your pals, um, painting things, whatever your, your little hobby might be, and you can get paid for it instead of having to get up in the morning, get yourself out the door, drive through rush hour traffic, or take a bus, deal with workplace work, actually accomplish something, go home, you're tired, and now you've got to deal with all the the, the rest of life. Well, who wouldn't be tempted my
2: to life, take there, the Dan easy Dan. way out?
0: <laughs> well, the problem with this easy way out is somebody has to pay for it. And that money is not going to come from people who are producing if the people who are producing don't have any any incentive to get anywhere. Real, you, you mentioned this earlier, Bob, real value, real dollars, real income has been decreasing in this country, and it's been decreasing for a long time. Those few people at the top, and I'm not against rich people, but the, the, the people who game the system, who aren't making money because they offer value, people like Warren Buffett, people like the people who run Apple and Google, and, and, and you know they're not really adding much value at all, but they have a monopoly because they have the government in their pocket which makes the rules that make it easy for them to do business which by the way the debt is at least 2 or 3 trillion dollars trillion dollars higher than it is because there's a little known uh Admiralty or Marine Bank that uh the government runs and what it does is it it just simply guarantees loans so you go to them and they and you say look I I want to borrow uh $400,000 to start a business or to increase my business so I can hire people. I want to borrow money so I can buy this, this plant, so I can produce this thing. And the government says, fine, you know what? You, if you can find someone to lend you the money, we'll co-sign the loan. We'll guarantee the loan. And what bank wouldn't take a government guarantee to pay them off? So they know they're not going to lose money. So they loan you the money. A lot of these people take the money and do just like Solyndra and the rest of those green energy scams. I'm not opposed to green energy, Bob. I know you're an environmentalist, but most of them were scams, and it's proven. They took the money. They didn't create any jobs. They didn't create any value. They paid themselves out obscene bonuses, and then they went bankrupt, and all the jobs went overseas to China anyway. So this is where government picks winners and losers, and there's an incentive. And those people at home aren't getting rich, but it's still easier for them. Why would you want to struggle when you can just sit and someone will take care of you? I'll tell you, it's disheartening when I have to talk to people on the phone and deal with them when they're intelligent people, they're hardworking people, and they've gotten to a point of dependency where they just won't even read the information that's sent to them. They won't even think about it. They ask the stupidest questions, and I'm polite to them, and I understand where that, what happened to them. And I know that they can come back because they weren't always this way. But they ask questions that show a basic lack of trying. They're not even trying to understand. They just, hey, uh, I got a problem. Uh, Fix it. Give me some money. Just take care of me. Look, little kids deserve to be taken care of and not grownups. Grownups need to be taking care of other people. They need to be taking care of business and if there's somebody out there who is, is truly in, not in need of money but in, in dire straits where they can't work, they're sick, they're truly ill, they truly have problems, they need to be taken care of. But the most sufficient methods of taking care of them in this society are private charities. They do more and more efficiently and in a better way with more dignity than any government program. Government programs strip you of your dignity. Now, just to complete a thought, what we did in my family when my daughter was born, I had my own business, I was making really good money, and for various factors, some of which are my own mistakes and some of which were just beyond my control, the business stopped making money and went downhill. I ended up in a bankruptcy. It's pretty bad, but a good lesson. In any case, uh, while I had the business, my wife wasn't working, she didn't have to work because she had a baby, and we wanted her to have our, our baby to have a, a parent at home all the time. And I had some freedom of schedule, so I was home all the time. But when it all hit the fan, instead of getting my wife, we, we looked at it, my wife, and I always said, How much money could you make? Now, how much money would it cost for daycare? Or who are we going to trust with this? Who's going to raise our kid? And we realized that we could make it on one salary. And I didn't have a big salary less than I have now, and I don't have much now. But we realized that there were a lot of things that we thought we were supposed to want, that other people want, that we could do without. So we didn't go out to eat. I mean, we just didn't go out to eat. It was a pizza every month or two, okay, if that. We didn't go see a lot of movies, and when we did, it was the matinee movie, and it was with the tickets that you got off the soda can or whatever it was my wife.